Feel free to bring your drinks inside and find your seats again. We're going to go ahead and get started. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Merle Shank, one of the pastors here at Newport Church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right. Now, we are embarking on a long and new journey ahead. Uh, that's the theme. You know, we have the, the uh, excuse me, we have the, the theme here of new seasons and journeying with the Lord. We're embarking on a, on a good and long journey ahead. You know, this week is the start of something. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be victories and defeats. And there's going to be new heroes and those who will, for the last, this will be their last football season. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's football week, right? It's the time we're kicking off some football. And, you know, uh, the, the journey that we go on is a lot like life, that there's ups and downs throughout the season. We get, we get um, you know, we start off here with a lot of hope and vision. The Super Bowl is ahead. You know, February is coming. We're going to do... We're going to do football Sunday here at church, and it's going to be a good time. You know, the teams are going to battle down. It's all going to come to a climax, and, and that's where we're going to, you know, focus the, the attention of our sports, our sports attention throughout this, this next season of the year. And it all starts today. It all starts this week, or I guess it started on, when was it? Thursday. Yeah, it started on Thursday. So, you know, uh, Paul likens our spiritual life. To that of a sporting event. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, the Apostle Paul, he says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? You know, there's going to be two teams at the end of the year that are going to battle it out for that trophy. They're going to battle it out in, for the championship. It says, Paul says, you know, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way. Tell your neighbor, say, run in such a way. Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things, meaning that they exercise a lot of self-control. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning, God. We thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. We thank you for what uh, you, the journey that you are taking us on and what you're accomplishing in and through people's lives here today. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that each one of us would receive encouragement. Father, would receive uh, the next step. Father, would receive strength for the next leg of the journey. Father, we thank you for everything that you have for us. And God, if you have it for us, we say yes and amen. And we say yes to that, God. We want to receive everything that you have. Every place, God, where hindrances and limitations have been allowed in our lives, God, we submit that to you this morning. And by the power of the blood of Jesus, we declare release over those things in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your kingdom that is coming in us and through us to our region, to our area, Father, to our relationships, those who we impact and those who impact us. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, for freedom and for victory and for joy to be our portion in this season as we journey with you, God, as we walk with you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we declare that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In this place, God, I thank you that you reign supreme in Jesus' name. And we just surrender and submit this entire meeting to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So, just a little bit of update. Uh, I haven't been here for a couple weeks. We, um, I had the privilege and the honor of giving uh, support and some oversight to different churches in Africa, and I was just there. And to give you a little bit of update on that, um, I was able to take the Dove Leadership School DVDs to some of the leaders there who influence. There's uh, apparently about 205 churches that want to join in with our movement in Zambia. And so we're looking for ways to kind of uh, help them learn, help uh, onboard them into the Dove International family and what, you know, what are our values, what is the core of, of who we are and our identity as a ministry. And so I was able to deliver that to them. 
uh, that school to them, which, helps, which will help with tr- their training and their onboarding process. And just seeing what the Lord is doing there has been awesome and amazing. We were able to, to do about 500 Ks, which is around 250 miles uh, in one day, stopped in at five different churches. And some of these churches are very small, you know, uh, uh, mud brick walls and uh, grass roofs. And, but the people are passionate. You have brothers and sisters in Zambia who love you and who are passionate, so I bring you greetings from them. And then I was able to uh, fly to South Africa and do the, uh, be with our brothers and sisters there who, are, uh, who had gathered for the Dove South Africa conference there and um, see some of the leaders come together there, and it was great to spend time with them. And, you know, the, it was the first service that we started just in worship, like nobody had even preached yet, and the presence of the Lord just moved into the service. I mean, we literally sat, which is, I mean, this is a miracle in Africa, okay? We sat in silence <laughs> for 20 minutes, you know, uh, and just, you know, people just started to weep in the presence of the Lord, and uh, it was really, it was really wonderful to be there with our brothers and sisters in that, uh, who are part of your spiritual family. So I bring you greetings from them, and Picked up a little bit of a souvenir on the way back that we're trying to figure out exactly what it is. Uh, and um, so on Friday and Saturday of last week, I was having really intense fevers and incredible body pain uh, in every uh, major muscle group of my body. So we don't know exactly what it is. The blood tests are still out. But uh, I was away with some of the international leaders of the Apostolic Council and on the Sunday morning, they just they gathered around me and they prayed. And um, within an hour, I was about I was feeling like ninety percent better. Amen. And so the fevers left, the body pain left. Just tried to come back a couple times this week, but uh, you know, um, it's been it's been good. Other than just the fatigue and the tiredness of whatever it is. So we'll figure out in a couple days, hopefully, what I got healed from. Amen. All right. Um, but, you know, th- during that day, it was just as, you know, my body began to feel better. I was like, okay, Lord, I am going to stand on your word and I am going to fight. We're going to do this. We're, we're doing body, soul, spirit. You know, we're, we're attacking this thing. We're going to get antibiotics. We got antibiotics. We are attacking this thing at, at every level, you know, in your heart and your mind. And I just started declaring, you know, the verses of, of greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. God, that uh, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me and is quickening my mortal body in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that this attack has come against me one way and it will go in seven ways in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement that brings me peace was upon you. And by your stripes, I am healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know, that's how you fight. You take the word of God and you fight. You, you stand up and you say, no, I'm going to disallow this sickness against my body right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's not all, you know, it's not all about just, uh, you know, that kind of faith or fighting, but just, you know, it, 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 it's all the above. I mean, I believe in doctors. I believe in moving, you know, in everything that we know how to do, everything that we don't know how to do. You know, you just stand and you fight in the presence of the Lord. And that's really been my week. So um, just to kind of share that with you, uh, that I stand here this morning, if you see me shaking, that's why. <laughs> but, you know, our walk, I want to talk this morning, I want to preach about the faith of Abraham and, and the faith that it takes to journey with the Lord. I think a lot of times we look at the Bible and we see these great men and women of faith and we, we see their story and we were like, wow, that would be so amazing if I just had faith like that, you know, or, or those kind of encounters or that type of relationship with the Lord. But I think that uh, in many ways, their faith walk, their journey with God looks a lot like ours does. It's just that we are able to kind of see in retrospect. We're able to stand at the end and look back and be like, oh, yeah, that, that you know, Abraham had faith that God was going to raise his son from the dead even if he killed him. So, you know, that praise God for that. Wow, that's amazing. I don't think it felt like that for Abraham, <laughs> you know, when he was standing there. Like, I think the journey that they went through is a lot actually like our journey that we walk through in life. And 
you know, even in the face of sometimes uncertainty. You know, Paul, Paul you know, he talks about that in the scripture we just read in, in Corinthians where he says, you know, I fight not with uncertainty. In other words, I'm certain about the word of God. I'm, I'm tapping in the word of God. There's a lot of uncertainty that we can give into. But I want to, you know, Paul says, listen, I'm not going to fight. I'm not, I'm not going to allow that uncertainty to have me, to own me. And that's a lot of times when we move into new seasons, there is a lot of uncertainty. It's just the way it is. There's a lot of uncertainty in life. There's a lot of uncertainty in the things that, you know, uh, if you're starting a business or starting a company or starting a new job or, or even, you know, starting coming to church for the first time, or, you know, there's just, there's a lot of uncertainty. How's it going to go? You're starting a new school. You're starting a new year in school. There's just, there's, whenever you start new seasons, there can be this wall of uncertainty and there's a place in the Lord where I believe that we can be okay with uncertainty. In transitions, there's uncertainty, and it's good to stand on what we know, stand on the word of God that we know is true, and how he has always proven himself before, and he has taken care, and he has walked with us, that we've never walked alone, amen. And so um, the thing is that we got to keep on walking. Tony everybody said, keep, keep walking. Keep walking, because there's something about uncertainty is it, is it causes us it, fear. I don't know about you, but have you ever seen a rabbit? Maybe you're driving down the road, and like a rabbit runs across the road, and all of a sudden, it sees your headlights, you know, or a deer, you know, like, and it goes, and it freezes. There's something about uncertainty. There's something about fear that can cause us to freeze, and we got to keep walking. We got to keep taking steps of faith. Say, Lord, okay, I don't know. I don't know what that next step is going to feel like or what it's going to be like, but I trust you and I'm going to walk with you in this. In Psalms chapter 84, one of, one of my favorite Psalms, verses 5 to 8, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, whose heart is set on journeying with the Lord. As they pass through the valley of Baca, that word Baca means weeping, the valleys of weeping. You know, there's seasons of weeping in our lives, but, but you haven't, you're not made to live there. You're made to keep going. You're made to keep going. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring, and the rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, and each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. I want to talk about Abraham this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 11, where we're going to start. Because the Bible in, in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, it says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So the Bible defines the faith that you have in God through Christ as belonging to Abraham. And really, that's what we, we see, and we'll probably get into it a little bit more next week. But in the same way that we are standing here in 2019, and we are looking back towards the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're standing on this side, looking back, having faith in what Jesus has done. Abraham was standing on the other side, looking forward to what God was going to do and having faith, hearing God and believing God, looking forward to what God was going to do, that he was going to do what he said he was going to do and he would provide uh, salvation and grace. And so that's the same element of faith that you and I have. We have the faith of Abraham where we're going to believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. We are just actually just positionally in time on the other side of the cross, which is why be, um, there's a whole uh, teaching. I don't want to go into it too far, but there's a whole teaching that that um, the law of first mention, and this is this is why, as believers, we don't need to become more Hebrew or more Jewish, because the faith of Abraham actually preceded the law of Moses. Therefore, as Hebrew says. Abraham's faith in Christ and the order of Melchizedek 
is greater than the order of Aaron and the law of Moses. So our faith is actually going back and tapping into Abraham's relationship with God. Abraham's walk with the Lord. And because it comes first in time, it is greater than the law and, and the old covenant, which is why Jesus is able to come and say, hey, you know, I'm a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, according to the order that was in the earth that Abraham was walking with. And so you and I, we are brought into relationship with God according to that order, according to that, uh, in that time frame. And therefore, our faith is the same as the faith of Abraham. That's why we are sons and daughters of Abraham by faith. And there's lots of scriptures that talk about that, which we can look at some other time. But this is why I want to look at, like, if, if our faith is, is really the same and defined as Abraham's walk, let's look at Abraham's walk. Let's look at his life. Let's look at the faith that he had and see what what kind of things we go through? What kind of things, how did he handle the same things that, that you and I go through? And so if we, we start looking at his life, you know, um, we need to make sure that we are not looking, because we're reading, we're not looking through rose-colored glasses. We're, you know, high, the, the, what's that saying? Hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? There's things I've gone through in life, like, man, I wish I would have known that that was going to turn out that way. Anyone else? Yeah. You know, you look back and you're like, wow, okay, all right, that's, that's how it happened. And, and we get that privilege to sit here and read the Bible that way, but, you know, I think their journey, the, these men and women who walked with God, their journey many times looks a lot like the journey that you and I have on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis, walking with God. Um, and so let's go ahead and look at that. Genesis chapter 11, we'll start reading in verse 31. It says, and Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot. So this is before, uh, Abraham, before God changed Abraham's name. And so his name was Abram before God changed it. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his, son's, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So we see that, the interesting thing to me is that um, Terah actually had the vision to go to Canaan. Abram's dad was the one who said, hey, let's go to Canaan. We are packing up. And we are moving the family. We're going to go on this journey. And they traveled about 600 miles, which in those days was by foot and by donkey and camel. You know, like they traveled 600 miles and they walked and they got to a place called Haran. So they were coming from what, uh, Ur, which is in current day Iraq, and they were heading up to Haran, which is actually in Turkey. And they traveled that 600 miles and somewhere they got stuck. Somewhere they settled in Haran. Now, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know why we don't see maybe Terah got sick. We, we don't understand necessarily why. But, you know, this reminds me a lot of times of sometimes as people, we can, we can hear a word from the Lord. We can get excited about something new that God's doing. And we start walking. And we, we get halfway there. And we can just kind of peter out in our, in our, our passion and, in, you know, our motivation. We can get stuck sometimes. We can get stuck. Anyone ever feel like you were stuck in your walk with the Lord? You know, God wants to journey with us. He wants to walk with us. And here we see that for whatever reason, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe Tara got sick and they said, well, we can't move him, whatever. We don't know. Maybe they just liked it. There was a, maybe, probably a lot of trade that was happening on that route. They were right by the river. There was, you know, all these things that were happening. And maybe it was financially a good place. And it was like, wow, you know, uh, but for whatever reason, they paused and they settled. They settled in this time. So many times, you know, I know in my own life and I know in talking with others that, you know, we have a listening ear for the seasons of the Lord, for the progress of the Lord, and we get excited about it and we step and we go and we start something, but then we don't always finish. 
It's just human nature, you know? We don't always finish. And sometimes we get stuck, and actually the development that God wants to process us in gets somehow arrested. It's like, like there's that deer in the headlights, you know, like, oh, whatever it is, it causes us to get stuck. Maybe something happens, or, you know, uh, or there's something that causes, or maybe we're just, you know, uber-blessed, and, and we just never want to move on from that place, you know? Uh, and for whatever reason, we, we, don't, we don't finish. It's easy to get sidetracked and give up, and our motivation can run out, and uh, sometimes it's just easier to pause than to keep walking with the Lord. You know, many times I've talked with people uh, who have been listening, having their ear to the heart of the Lord and, and help them walk, uh, define seasons in their life. You know, that's a lot of times that's what we do as friends. You know, we sit down and and we be a sounding board for others, right, where they just start to talk, and I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why that is happening. I mean, so many times people have done that for me, right? Um, there's been a lot of times that Brian has been a sounding board for me, and hearing me complain, my goodness, I used to complain, probably still do. <laughs> no, you know, like, what is happening here? What is God doing? And, and that, that's valuable, but, but you can, it, it, it's we need to be able to provide that and help define people's seasons for them. That's one of the values of the prophetic is it helps people define where they are in a season with the Lord in walking with God. Because when you see it, when you have, then faith can come again and you can say, hey, all right, I'm not a terrible person that somehow my internal dialogue believed that I am. <laughs> you know, it got me to believe that I am. It's okay. God's still on the throne, and God's still moving forward with me. He knows who I am. He has faith for me, and because God has faith for me, I can have faith for this season too. Because God has faith for this season I'm walking in, I can have faith for this season that I'm walking in. Amen? All right, and this is how it is in, in journeying. You know, so, you know, I, um, I remember we, some, sometimes we, we, we get this feeling that, like, it should feel different. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but like, you know, looking forward and you're like, oh, I, I, would, I would love to go to Canaan, you know, using Abraham's language, right? I'd love to go to Canaan. I, man, you know, I would love to see what God has for me in Canaan. And then like you start going and, and the reality of that vision actually sets in. You're like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't think it would feel this way. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it would, I didn't necessarily think it would feel this way. And, and real, what, what happens is we wind up being in love with the idea more than the reality. There was a time in my life where I was counseling with or, or walking with a bunch of young men. And in, in the span of like a week and a half, five of them came to me convinced that they were going to marry this one girl. And I was like, you can't all be right. <laughs> you know? And, and it was like, they, I mean, they were convinced, like, she is the one for me. I am in love with her. And I'm like, okay. And then the second one came saying the same thing. The third one, the fourth one, I was like, okay, something's going on here. You know, like, and, and really what happens is just like them, you know, we can fall in love with the idea. I said, you actually don't love her. You, you really don't even know her. You know, you just love the idea of being married to her. You don't actually love her. And sometimes that's true, you know, in life. We love the ideas that we, we have more than the reality of it. And, and sometimes when we start to hit the reality of like, oh, my goodness, it, it can cause us to, to pause and haran, to pause and, and kind of just stop and settle. And in any case, we see that Abram and Sarah and Sarai a lot, you know, they got stuck in Haran and they got stuck in their journey and, and where God actually wants to bless them, God wants to do something with them, God wants to download, give them a major download of what he wants to do in the earth and use them to bless other nations, uh, he can't do it with them just kind of sitting there. And this reminds me of kind of the digression that we see in, in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. You know, we're supposed to be running with the Lord. And Psalms, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You know, the, we're running, and then, then, we, then we start walking. And then we start standing. And then we start, start sitting, you know. 
where we can, we can be running on fire with God. And, and then, you know, people start talking at us. And, and then we, you know, ungodly counsel starts coming our way that causes us to just slow down a little bit, causes us to give pause. And, and then sometimes, you know, we hear the, the scorn and the mockers, and it just causes us to stop walking with the Lord and just kind of stand there and, and then kind of just sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither. That's God's, and that's God's provision for each one of us, that our leaves will not wither. Have you ever seen a tree planted by a river of water? It doesn't matter if it rains. It doesn't matter if there's a drought. That tree is always green. Yeah? That tree is always alive. It's always living because the river, of the, 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 the river is the one that's feeding it, that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. If we go on here in Genesis chapter 12, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Tell your neighbor, say, he was going to be a blessing. That's right. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. You know, God, God meets with Abraham and he talks to him and says, listen, you know, I, I need you to keep moving. In order to accomplish the identity and the purpose and the plans that I have for you, I need you to keep moving. Don't get stuck in Haran. Come on, you got to get up and keep walking. Put that next foot in front of the other. It says, keep moving. God's, God gives him his identity and he gives him his purpose in this place, he prophesies and promises things over his life, saying, listen, you got to move. You got to go. You got to get up. You got to keep walking. And this is what I want to do with you. But I can't do it here. I can't do it in the, in, in the circumstances that you find yourself. You got to be able to stand up and keep walking. Stand up and keep going with the Lord. It's the journeying with the Lord. God wants to make him a great nation. He says, I'm going to bless you. And, be, and because you will be blessed, you will be a blessing to others. And, you, and he also promises that he will be a catalyst for blessing and cursing on the earth. That whoever blesses you, I will bless, says God. Whoever curses you, I will curse, says the Lord. And so there was, he was a catalyst for what God wants to do in a certain region. But he couldn't get stuck. He couldn't get stuck where his father got stuck. He couldn't get stuck where, you know, the, the comforts of just doing things as is. And, and, and I, I don't know about you, but I've re realized in my own life that, that everything takes spiritual energy. Like if I just sit back and like, well, the Lord will do it if he's sovereign. You know, he's sovereign. He can do it if he wants to do it. Not a lot happens. But if we start believing God's word and we start standing and walking with him, all of a sudden, things start moving and shifting, and things start going with the Lord, and his plans start to be fulfilled, and all of a sudden, like something happens, you're like, oh my goodness, wow, that was, that was a God thing. That was a God move. And um, so Abram was called to be a catalyst. God was saying, I have a place for you. I have a country for you. There's things that I have for you, but I want you to keep walking with me. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. We're just going to keep moving through here. Abram leaves Haran, and he goes into Canaan, which is another like 430 miles about. So he's traveled over 1,000 miles from his home. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Wow. So he hears God's promise. He hears the call to go, and he gets up, and he starts going, and when he gets to Canaan, all of a sudden, God starts speaking to him about being there. Like, I'm going to give this land to your descendants. I'm going to bless you here. And God appears to him, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there, that's I, that's not AI as in artificial intelligence. 
right, all right. That's I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he called, the name, called on the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed going on still towards the south. And as Abraham comes into the land, we see that there was, um, God starts speaking to him. God starts downloading promises to him, and things are looking up. Yes! Woo! We're in Canaan. It's looking up. This is great. Yeah! And here's a verse that, you know, as a, a real kind of sub-note, as I was reading through this, I really felt the Lord uh, kind of just impress on my heart that there's a lot of people in his kingdom that are kind of camped in that same place that Abraham was, where they're, they're camped between Bethel, with the, which the word Bethel means the house of the Lord, and Ai, which was the place of compromise. We, we see later uh, when they go in to take Ai that it was a place of compromise. And many people can find themselves camped in between God's house, God's plan and purposes, and a place of compromise. And so I just want to encourage us to not lean towards the place of compromise, not lean towards the path of least resistance, not lean towards that path of compromise in our lives. And we see that, you know, as he is there, you know, we would expect, okay, God starts speaking to him, moving on from that rabbit trail. God starts speaking to him, and, and there's a problem. So God's like, I'm going to give you this land. This land is yours. It's going to be to your descendants. And then it says that there's a famine in the land. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Abraham, I'd be like, Lord, are you sure? Like, it's awful dry out there. You know, did, really? Like, that's, you brought me into a land, you're giving, Thanks. You know, like, like there was a famine in the land. There was, and, and the Bible says in, in uh, verse 10 that it was severe. There was a f- severe famine in the land. So God starts speaking, but then, you know, all of a sudden there's trouble in Canaan. Cue like the Western music. You know, there's trouble in Canaan. And God, Abram arrives in Canaan, he's traveling all around and he's looking at it, he's looking for a place to settle, he's looking for a place to put roots down, but there's a problem, Canaan is experiencing a famine. The Bible says that it was severe, and I don't know about you, but you know, I'd be like, God, couldn't, couldn't you brought us into Canaan, you know, like if I was Abraham, like, couldn't you bring us into Canaan when like, it was a good time, like when the harvest was happening and everyone was having a great time and you know, in, in a season of blessing, you know, like, and, and that's like, um, I don't know, sometimes, have you ever had that where, like, you feel to move, and you feel to, like, do something, maybe it's to shift jobs, or maybe it's to, to go uh, to a new school, and, and you, you feel like you have the instruction of the Lord, and all of a sudden, you get there, and you're like, oh my goodness, like, this job is actually, like, a challenge, you know, like, this school these teachers are horrible, you know, you know, or whatever. You know, like the, the environment that you wind up finding yourself in is somehow different than you had imagined it, and you get like, oh, maybe we should have stayed in Haran, you know? You, you have those thoughts. And you know, Abram, he, he, he's, this, is, this is the story of our faith, guys. This is, the, this is what our lives look like a lot. And I just really want to unpack this and like take away the rose-colored glasses and be like, look, this is what life looks like, isn't it? We walk forward and, and we feel our way forward sometimes and we hear God speak and then we're like, God, how, how does that equate to the circumstances we find ourselves in? You were speaking, and, 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 but Lord, surely if you were going to do this, like, it would be easy, <laughs> right? Like, surely it would be like beautiful and wonderful, right? Because you're God and you can do that. And we have these expectations on the Lord and the thing is that I find about God is God is not afraid to send us into difficult places. He's not afraid to send us into difficult places. It reminds me of uh, you know, Luke 10 where the Bible says that, God, uh, that Jesus sends out the disciples into every place where he was about to go. So sometimes God sends you, especially like as his people and as his kingdom people, God sends you into a place and he actually sends you intentionally into a difficult place because he wants to use you for himself to show up. 
You see, the same thing that was the problem in Canaan in that it was barren and going through famine, that was the same problem that Abraham and Sarah had. They were barren. It was the same challenge. God sends them into a place where there's famine, and I don't know, I mean, maybe Abram was like, Lord, I'm tired of seeing, like, no reproduction happening. You know, he's 75 years old at this point. He's like, you know, Sarah, she's barren. God, you're sending us into another place of barrenness? Because a lot of times, listen, this is why we need to have faith, have the God kind of faith over our lives and our circumstances, because a lot of times the breakthrough that God wants to bring in your life will be the very catalyst for the breakthrough in a region or for the breakthrough in your job or for the breakthrough in a marketplace. The very thing that God wants to work in you as he's working a thing is going to be the thing that causes a shift in the environment that you're working in, that he sends you into. Make sense? I don't know about you, but Abram, you know, and and, uh, I know about me, (laughs) you know. As Abram and Sarah, they're they're working, you know, they're, they're, they're being sent into a place that was, had some of the same challenges that they were experiencing in their life and God has no problem sending us into because see, he has, he has more faith in what he is able to do in you and in me than, than, than many times we do. God has more faith in what he is able to do through you and through me than what I do and what you do sometimes. He has faith over you. He, he, you know, where we look at our circumstances, we look at our lives and we tend to think like, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. And we wrestle with that kind of stuff. God has none of that. Imagine that God has none of that. He has none of that. He's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I can send Todd in there. I can send Clean in there. Yeah, I want to do this in this region. Let's see, who is the catalyst that I can use to send into that place? I'm going I'm to send Jaden in there, you know? I'm going to send Caitlin in there. I'm going to send people in there because the very breakthrough that I'm going to do in them is going to impact that entire sphere, impact that entire area, impact. And so God is actually calling us, you and me, to be agents of his kingdom, to be vessels of his kingdom. And you know what, Abram, he didn't always get it right. And, and sometimes, you know, God sticks us in places that are hard. You know, the, the other week when I was flying, I got on a plane, and, like, one of my heroes in faith was on the plane with me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, like. <laughs> uh, and you have to understand, like, some of y'all are really good at talking in those moments. Like, I can preach in front of 2,000 people, no problem. But stick me in a one-on-one conversation with somebody that, like, I'm like, oh, my word, this God has used this person so much in my life. Like, the words that he has preached was so, it, like, it, it was so pivotal and pivotal in transition seasons of my life. Like, God was using him, and he's like, oh, man, I have no idea what to say. I was, like, texting Sheree, so-and-so's on the plane with me. She's like, talk to him. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> she's like, well, ask him this. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I did one of those things like, okay, Lord, if I wind up like just being beside him, you know, by chance, I'll, I'll say hi. You know, and anyway, wound up talking to him, got orchestrated on. But like, like, I get nervous with stuff like that. Like, I like shut down. I get I, I, my word. I stumble over my words. I don't know what to say. Like, I start conversations and then they just kind of, kind of peters out and I don't know what to say. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going well. You know, like that's me. Okay, God will send you into places where He wants to see you overcome. And I was like, okay, God, I am tired of this. Like, I I am tired of not being able to talk to people one on one like this. Like, I, I mean, Shri is different. My wife is different. Like, like if she would have been there, like he would have been signed up to come to our next conference. I mean, it was just like that was you know, <laughs> but it wasn't her. It was me. So he's not coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, like, and so God will put you in places because he wants us to grow. He wants us to take steps of faith. He wants us to grow. And see, the thing is that a lot of times 
We can't run from that because God wants to turn our hardships into banners of victory. God wants to turn our hardships into banners of victory. That says, like, look what I have done in your life. Look what I've done in your life. And, you know, I, I don't know why God does it, but I, you know, I think, number one, it keeps us humble. <laughs> it keeps us humble. But it, it's also very clear that, this, that he wants to bring breakthrough in our lives. And, in, and, and you know what? A lot of that times, it, it, look, it, it looks like looking at the challenges in our life, at the pain in our life, the, what we've gone through, looking it square in the face and saying, okay, all right, God, I need you here. And I'm going to go into my past. I'm going to go into stuff that, that's hard for me to deal with. And I'm going to deal with it with you. And it becomes a banner. It becomes a banner of victory as God works breakthrough in us. Because his heart isn't just that we get to the end of our lives and feel good. His heart is that we get to a place of breakthrough and victory in our hearts, in our lives. So Abram and Sarah, they, Sarah, they, we're going to close up here soon. You know, they, they were like, I don't know, God, there's a famine here. And they did what, I, you know, I'm so glad that this is in the Bible because I don't get it right every time either, you know? So what do they do? They bail. They bail. They're like, okay, we can't stay in Canaan. We are going to Egypt. I hear Egypt is really good this time of year. So they head down to Egypt, and you see Abram, he's trying, while they're in Egypt, he, he's trying to, like, protect himself and goes into, like, self-protectionism and, you know, trying to orchestrate things. And he says, you know, oh, my goodness, Sarah, you're really beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh see you, they're going to kill me for you. So just tell them that I'm your brother. And he convinced And the amazing thing is that Sarah went along with it. <laughs> okay, you know, so he convinces to do a partial truth, a lie, you know, that, that, oh, he's not my husband, he's my brother, and, and what happens is that Sarah, Sarah gets taken into Pharaoh's harem, and all of a sudden, sores and plagues start breaking out in Pharaoh's house, and Abram's okay, but the very thing that God had called him to do, which was to be a blessing to others, he actually does the opposite and becomes a curse to Pharaoh. And that's what happens when we try and work things out in our own strength and we try and like, you know, self-orchestrate stuff. No, like it doesn't go so well, <laughs> you know? And we can actually wind up being the opposite of what we were called to be. So God, God had said, listen, Abraham, I'm calling you to be a blessing. I'm calling you to, to um, you know, to bless those that, that are blessing you. I'm calling you, I'm blessing you so that you can bless others. And Abraham turns around and he winds up being the exact opposite of that because he's moving out of the covering of the Lord. He's moving out of, uh, out of fear and out of protection as if God could not protect him when he goes into Egypt, as if God could not put his hand over him. And Abram messes up. And, you know, I'm so glad that this is in here because this is, you know, I, I don't always get it right. I would love to stand here and say, like, oh, man, like, who got this one under my belt, you know? But, like, you know, I tremble because there's a lot of things that I've learned in my walk, in my faith journey with the Lord. But you know what? Tomorrow's another day, <laughs> you know? Tomorrow's another day. And, and Abram, he, he's walking, and, and he's learning things about faith in God just the same way that you and I learn about things in our walk, in our journey, in our faith with God, because Abraham, he goes in, and um, Pharaoh somehow figures out that they're married. It's like, why did you do this thing that you did? And kicks them out of Egypt. And then it says that he went back between Bethel and Ai, back to his place, back to his tent, where he thanked the, and he thanked the Lord. And all of a sudden, God starts to speak to him again. His whole time in Egypt, the Bible doesn't say that, he, that God spoke to him. He begins to experience God again. He goes back to the place. And sometimes, you know, in our lives, when, you, when we feel like there's a famine, when we feel like we, we don't know what to do next, that God, what do you want us to do? Go back to the last place that God spoke to you. And are you obedient to the things that he's called, called you to do in that place? Go back there, like, Lord, what is it that you spoke to me? What is it that you have a desire for me to do? 
And in that place, we, we start to hear God again, just like Abraham did. He starts to hear God again, and he starts to be blessed. The Bible doesn't say that the famine was ended. But he starts to be blessed in that place, and it says that, God, uh, that uh, Abram was very rich and had a ton of stuff. Okay, God blesses him to the point where him and Lot, his nephew, couldn't reside in the same area, in the same region. Their herdsmen were fighting each other, and they wanted to kill each other. And so, and this is what shows me that Abram learned something here, is that he comes to Lot, and he says, listen, let's not fight. Let's not quarrel. The whole land is set before us. You choose. So the man who was trying to orchestrate stuff to make sure he was like protected and getting all this stuff in order, you know, trying to get his, his, his wife to not get him killed, you know, all these things. And all of a sudden he gets to a place and listen, it's okay. God, God, God's got me wherever, wherever it is. As long as I'm in his will, as long as I'm walking in obedience to him, he's got me. He's got this figured out. And so Lot, you choose Either choose the valley that's lush and green or choose the hills. You choose. This is Abraham Abram speaking to Lot. You choose and I'll take the other. Because the blessing of the Lord is on me. And it's better to be with God than it is to try and work out my own stuff. And I feel, I think that, you know, we're going we're gonna to look more at Abram's life and the covenants and stuff that he made with God and how that affects us and impacts us next week. But I really feel that Abram learned something here in his faith journey with God, that God is trustworthy and God is able to do things that, he, that Abram couldn't. God is able to orchestrate things that Abram couldn't. And I think Abram learns to trust God there. He learns to trust God and say, okay, God, you got this. Like, you spoke it, you promised, and so I'm, I'm going to stick with what you say. Man, there was times where God, like, uh, I was coming into a new job, and God said, I want you to do this. You have no choice, and you can't negotiate for your salary. I'm like, God, but I'm a negotiator. You know, like, <laughs> I, I love doing that, you know? He's like, nope, this is, this is it, Boom. And, and, you know, God, he orchestrates things. Time and time and time again, we've seen him do that. We're like, okay, God, you, you do this much better than we can. You do this much better than we can. And so part of the faith journey of walking with God is coming to that place where saying, God, I trust you. God, even in the midst of like, the, it might look like there's famine. It might look like there's challenge. It might look like my life's on the line. It might look like all of these things in our faith walk with God. We come to a place of saying, okay, like a, like a, a well-weaned child being able to, to come to the Father and say, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to walk with you. Can we stand together? You know, so many times I've... I've <laughs> the Lord is really good at reminding me of things. Um, just looking back over my life, I'm so glad that this is in there but with Abraham about not you know, not getting it right all the time, and there's more things that he didn't get right. You know, sometimes we think our problems are bad. We're still dealing with Abraham's mistake in the Middle East right now between two groups of people. I'm pretty sure that any mistake you make is not going to impact people 6,000 years from now. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that God gives us a biblical record of Abraham and his journey with him and says, listen, it's, it's the journey of faith of walking forward with the Lord there's times where I look back and, and God is really good at reminding me of it. There's <clears throat> one time I was driving and I was talking to the Lord. I was like, God, you know, there was some prophetic instruction that had been given to different people and they weren't obeying it. They weren't walking in it. And I was like, Lord, like, why are they not obeying you? And I was sitting at a traffic light. And at that traffic light, there was a house. And the Lord just so sweetly reminded me of we, there was a time we were looking for a house. This was way back before we had kids, and we were looking for a house to rent, and someone even actually prophesied it. So this is what it looks like. It has this kind of fence. It's double story, and it looks like this and this and this. And we actually wound up going to a house that looked exactly like that, but there was, like, no bedroom. I was like, oh, it couldn't be the Lord. Couldn't be God, you know? And I'd actually chosen, like, God, I don't think that's you. Like, you wouldn't want us to live, you know, we're newly married. We need a bedroom. <laughs> you wouldn't want us to live like that, you know? And guess where I was sitting? 
when I was complaining to God about people not following prophetic instruction. God was like, you see that house? Remember that? I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, the Lord has, has really good ways of walking with us and, and keeping us in check. And, and so there's grace for you. If you feel like you've been to Egypt, you feel like you messed it or blew it or whatever, there's grace for you. But a lot of times it takes us going back to where we last heard God. Last, what, you know, what is the last thing that he says to us? And so perhaps, you know, you're here and you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like you're in Haran. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in your relationship with God. You're not, you're not traveling. We want to pray for you today. Perhaps you're here and you, know, you desire to, to be filled with the eyes of faith, with, with God's vision for the season of your life. We want to pray for you because God has vision for where you currently are. He has vision for where he wants to take you. Maybe you feel uh, fearful or apprehensive at the uncertainty that can lie ahead of you. We want to pray for you. Perhaps you feel like you're in a barren season, that the same challenges that you see around you are the same challenges that you see in you. We want to pray for you for that as well, especially if you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. We want to pray with you to get to know him and receive him as your Lord and Savior this morning. So prayer ministers, will you come to the front? We're just going to pray and and close off our service here this morning. Uh, Prayer ministers, you can go ahead and come. And um, I just pray for faith to be stirred in our hearts, faith to go for the next step, faith to go for in the next journey uh, forward with the Lord in the seasons of God until the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> until we get to the end uh, of a season with the Lord. And then guess what? There's new things that God wants to do. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your heart for each one of us this morning. Thank you for all that you're doing. And God, I pray, Lord, for those who feel like they're stuck. Maybe it's been a while since they've felt your leading or heard your voice. And we ask, God, that today there would be a breakthrough in hearts and minds to receive from your word, to receive direction from your word in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, Lord, for those who are looking at the intimidation of a season around them. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would fill them with your eyes of faith. And Father, I pray, Lord, for those who are dealing with some of the challenges in the area around them that they see even in themselves, the barrenness of, of situations around them that they see even in themselves. Maybe they're weary or maybe they're, they're not sure or uncertain. God, I ask, Lord, that you would flood them with your grace. We thank you, Lord, for the joy and the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and refill, rebaptize, and baptize afresh and anew in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, Lord, for those who feel like they're not sure what the next season has. I ask for faith to be stirred in our hearts for this season to walk with you, God. We thank you for the example of Abram and Sarah and Father, how they worked it out with you. We thank you, God, that you are, uh, by the power of the blood of Jesus, you are walking with us into this new season ahead. God, thank you, Lord, that we can journey with you and that you are faithful and that you are trustworthy. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Feel free to come and receive prayer, any of those things, or anything, really. You can come and receive prayer. The prayer ministers are here. God bless you. Have a powerful week. We will be back here next week to keep talking about journeying with the Lord.